Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking back in with the Ion College Basketball Podcast with CBS Sports. I am Matt Norlander, and we have a, a preface here before we get to today's episode. You'll notice our kind, dear host, Gary Parrish. His voice sounds a little different, uh, or at least the the way it's coming through sounds different, and that's because he's talking from a hotel phone, and he's talking from a hotel phone because he's on assignment. He is in Chicago, and he's doing work for CBS Sports, but he's also a Mets fan, and he went to Wrigley Field on Tuesday night, and he's going to Game 4 here on Wednesday night. And as a Cubs fan, I just have the utmost hate and envy for him, uh, especially because my Cubbies are now down three games to none to his Mets. But that reminds me, we never really technically agreed to any terms for a bet, so I suppose I'm feeling okay right now. But that's why GP's voice sounds the way that it does. We wanted to get you a podcast regardless of how it got done, specifically because the Louisville stuff is so prominent, and and Tuesday brought about a huge flare-up in that. So this is pretty much all Louisville on this podcast. Next week, we're going to have a lot of preview stuff that we're getting to, in in addition to newsworthy topics as they happen in the build-up to the podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. But here it is, this week's episode dealing with Louisville, Rick Pitino's job certainty, or uncertainty as it were, and what's to come with the season ahead, and what's the next move here for the school, for the AD, for Patino, and will Andre McGee, the former Louisville staffer at the center of this case, is he going to talk to the NCAA? We've got different opinions on that. So go ahead, give it a listen, and here it is. Hey, this is Gary Parrish again from CBS Sports, and it is now Wednesday, October 21st. This is the Ion College Basketball Podcast, and I'm joined today, as usual, uh, by my colleagues Matt Norlander and Sam Bassini. The season is uh, fast approaching. We're now... You know, right in the middle of our preseason coverage, launching our conference previews right now. But everything, um, I would say, in college basketball, but on some level, the rest of sports, at least for the past 24 hours, um, has been dominated by the ongoing scandal at Louisville. After um, I had reported, I guess it was 10 or 11 days ago, that uh, Jaquan Lyle at Ohio State, a former Louisville recruit, had essentially confirmed uh, for the NCAA, what was written about him uh, in Katina Powell's book that has uh, brought this scandal to uh, the level it's reached already. Uh, ESPN's Outside the Lines reported that uh, four, uh, at least four more, and perhaps five, depending on whether they've talked to Lyle or not, uh, former Louisville players and recruits um, have confirmed that they were uh, you know, well, part of parties that uh, featured uh, dancers and escorts uh, provided by Andre McGee, the former staff member, um, inside an on-campus dorm. So, like I've been saying, I think pretty much since this book was released early this month, this scandal is not going away. And so now the big question becomes, will Rick Pitino uh, survive it? When I first read the book, I thought he probably would. Um, after the president released a statement and omitted his name from it, I was less sure. And now actual you know, media members, uh, among them Rick Bozich, who is a longtime columnist uh, in the city of Louisville, are calling for Rick Pitino to step down. I'll start with you, Matt Neulander. Uh Do you think Rick Pitino is going to be the head coach of Louisville when they open the 2015-16 season? Yes, I do think he will be coaching – three weeks from now but uh, so here's the interesting aspect to this because we did a we did a three-pointer post uh two weeks back i guess guys and we put this question in there and you guys said that he's 
he would survive. And obviously, information has more information has come to light publicly. And uh, I know GP is is not nearly as certain as that. I I thought that he would lose his job eventually, no matter what. I thought he'd probably last the year, and then I just didn't think a year from now that he would be coaching uh, the program. We still have to see what happens with NCAA stuff, and the key here is, well, there's actually, there's a lot of factors, and I'll run them down, I'll run them down quick, because, I mean, we've got, really, Tuesday was a huge day for the, for the story, for the case, on a, on a number of levels, because one, uh, Katina Powell, the, the woman who co-authored the book, the self-described madam, she now has a team of lawyers that have that have met with Louisville officials, and there are things being determined and decided there in terms of what immunity she might be granted. You know, there are still possible criminal charges that could come her way. Law enforcement is certainly looking into uh, that whole aspect of it. But let's also note that the athletic director put out a statement on Tuesday that said Rick Pitino is not going to step down. He has no plans to resign. The Tom George, the athletic director, was fully behind Patino in saying that he had no idea about any of this stuff as it was happening. Obviously, Parrish mentions the fact that previously, and this goes back more than a week, Louisville's president put out a statement that supported Jurich in full, but neglected to mention Patino, and that is something that, quite frankly, cannot be an oversight. That There was, there was a very specific um, method of thinking behind not including him in that, and that was also something that people certainly took notice of, and we did at CBS Sports as well. Here's the thing with me. Powell, if you watch the Outside of the Lions report, and it was an hour long, very detailed. John Barr reported a lot of it for OTL on camera. Katina Powell submitted a lot of stuff. And the fact of the matter is, when she goes on camera, she's no longer just a name attached to a book. She is now speaking on camera. You can hear the conviction in her voice. She is saying... I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. I have no reason to. I haven't the need to lie. Everything I'm saying is 100% the truth. You've essentially got people all around Louisville that have, you know, given in to the fact that this certainly happened. And now it just simply falls on, did Patino know? And a lot of people genuinely believe he didn't, and I'm in that camp. I believe Patino did not know. Um, there are plenty of people say that it's just naive, and Patino's an, a master liar, and... Of course, he would have had to know if all this was happening over the course of four years and you had all these players, how could they not simply know? And that's actually Powell's theory as well. But with all of this, with the fact that you have now players being connected and, and Powell's own daughter saying, yeah, actually, I slept with Montrezl Harrell and I made $100, maybe a little bit more. And another one of her daughters saying, yeah, and I had a side deal with Russ Smith. Major high-profile players that were factors on Louisville's national championship team it's painting a clearer picture, and it's what's making this one of the biggest stories in sports, period. GP, I know this is a really long-winded answer, but I do think Patino is, is I, would, I would put the odds extremely high that he is there to start the season, and I think he will coach out the season, but I don't think he is there come next fall. Sam, let me say a couple of things, and then I want to uh, turn it over to you. But uh, uh, first off, Jurich uh, is, and Tom Jurich is a, is a really smart guy, and um, I thought his statement was interesting on a couple of different levels. One, he was compelled to at least publicly go to bat for Rick Pitino, which um, I know Rick appreciated because uh, whether Rick says it or not, he was bothered by that statement that was previously released by the president. That said, Tom, Tom, uh, the other thing that's interesting about Tom's statement is I think it was carefully worded. He did not say Rick Pitino will not resign. 
He said Rick Pitino has no plans to resign. As we all know, that is PR 101. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plans can change. And so I think anytime people start saying, um, talking about what what they plan to do or they have no plans to do something, that word is is always flashing for me. Um, There is a difference uh, from a statement perspective uh, between saying Rick Pitino will not resign at Louisville and Rick Pitino has no plans to resign at Louisville because um, those plans could change, you know, in, in the next week. So um, I, I thought it was an, an important statement, but it is one that can be uh, changed uh, in, in the next 72 hours or, um, you know, three weeks or three months if, if they need it uh, to change. Uh, you mentioned that a lot more stuff has come out, and I, I think a lot of stuff has been confirmed, like you know whether it's by a Yahoo or by us or by uh, ESPN. Um, but really, not a whole lot of new stuff has come out. You know, it, it's it's like the, it's like this this woman wrote this book with the help of a Pulitzer Prize winner, and it's 109 pages, and and that's sort of where we still are. Um, I, I thought she was a compelling interview yesterday on television, and one that came and, and a woman who came off as as being uh, someone who's telling the truth. Like um, you can. Uh, frame her in a variety of ways best based on the way uh, she makes a living or has made a living in the past based on the way she's um, raised her daughters and uh, you know according to her um, profited off of her daughter's bodies in an illegal way which is just uh, unimaginable to I think most humans at least civilized people and parents and so uh, you know, I, I can't vouch for her for you know on any level, but the story she's telling has always struck me as true. And I think, if anything, the thing, the the biggest thing that's changed since that book was released is that is the percentage of people who believe it. Initially, there's just going to be a pushback because it's just a you know a self-proclaimed madam uh, trying to make some money. Um, if you were one of those people who didn't believe it at first. Um, I think unless you are really blinded by fandom, you almost certainly have to believe the gist of the story um, is confirmed now and um, or is true now because there's, there's confirmation from outside of, uh, of just her book. And so, uh, the, the, as I said before, the, it, I never believed this was just going to be something that floated away. And now more than ever, it seems like that's something that, that – uh, that, that, that is not going to, to just float away. It's going to lead to NCAA and sanctions. It's going to lead to, I would assume, a Rick Pitino suspension. And uh, while I do think it's possible he can survive it, by clinging to the notion that he didn't know what was going on, and I'll just be honest with you, I do believe he did not know that this was going on. I think it might have been intentional not to know. Like, I don't need to know what's going on. Just, hey, if the players are ha- and the recruits are having the time of their lives, that's that's what I want. I don't need to know how they're doing it. Perhaps that is is the point of view, but I, I just I cannot imagine um, uh, any head coach, really any head coach, being aware that somebody on his staff is actually purchasing prostitutes for student athletes and 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 not squashing that immediately. Like I, I got a little frustrated yesterday by some of the. Uh, responses to this because a lot of it is oh oh i'm shocked that this would go on like but you know laced with sarcasm like of course this goes on this goes on everywhere and while i get like i think sometimes it's it's oversimplified or at least the the specifics of this are important um 
I, I do believe it is, it is rather common for recruits to hook up with girls while on recruiting visits, whether they're hostesses, uh, sorority girls, or just girls who like to hook up on a Friday night. Like, I, I, I think that's pretty common. Um, I think it might even be common for um, staff members to sort of guide recruits and players in a certain direction or players to guide recruits in a certain direction uh, while, while on campus, you know, that, that could lead to – you know, one night stands or two night stands or, or just, uh, you know, uh, uh, big, big parties. But what this is exactly, allegedly, but it seems true, is someone who's on staff, a University of Louisville faculty member, somebody Rick Patino hired, somebody who gets a direct deposit from the university, using money out of his pocket to purchase prostitutes for players and student athletes. And I just don't believe that that's common. I think, you know, I, I know some of the guys who would be considered in their profession among the dirtiest, quote, dirtiest um, assistant coaches in basketball. And even those guys, I can't imagine buying prostitutes for players and recruits. Might buy prostitutes for themselves in Las Vegas. Might, might buy, um, you know, might provide impermissible benefits on some level. But buying a prostitute and sending her to a hotel or a dorm to hook up with a recruit, a staff member doing that, I think that's rare, and I do think that's shocking. It is, for sure. I will, I will add one thing, and then we can we can get Sam in here. Hi, she, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I will say, in terms of more information coming to light, um, you know, OTL did independently confirm a lot of information here, which I think adds more credence to it particularly sure. the dozens of text messages to McGee, uh, which had language in there that is, uh, you know, incriminating, absolutely. And when you've got now, un- in, granted, an unnamed former player telling ESPN that McGee gave him a stack of $1 bills uh, to hand out to the dancers. Um, sure. I did not read the full book, so maybe that's in there. I don't know. But there are, there are little... I, I, yeah, I don't, remember, I don't remember that being in there. So, yeah, so, there are some minor I things. Th- but, I think yeah. mostly the biggest thing that's changed is just the... Comp- there's, there's independent confirmation that Without this woman's telling the truth. Yes, and, right. and that's you, the com- biggest thing. you combine that with the fact that it was on the biggest sports network uh, for an hour, sure. I think that, that leads to it. But And I'll, I'll let Sam jump in here uh in terms of patino's job status and and ncaa stuff but i i I will just i'll just say this i mean to me it's i was thinking about this yesterday as this was happening and the crazy thing to me is like once or twice a year nothing not necessarily we not that the stories are of this kind of crazy level but there there are stories in college athletics like it is amazing how people still screw up and mess up and get their programs into trouble. I mean, this is like clockwork. Just every year there is there is something major, whether it's an academic thing or in college football it can be just as bad. We've talked about that on, on previous podcasts. But it's just it's mind-boggling how this could even still kind of happen in this day and age. And guess what? Like, we think this is like the worst it could ever be, like uh, an uh, adobo hiring prostitutes, like, Telling you, there'll be something that happens next year, and the year after that. It's just amazing how, you know, these programs. I just, I, I'm mind blown by it. Really, when you look at it, how it just there's still scandals after scandal after scandal, and college athletics can't get out of its own way. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Um, I don't think this will be the last time we see a crazy story. Um, but having said that, I think that the biggest thing that we need to still hear about. 
that, that no one has really gotten yet is Andre McGee, that Dobo that uh, Matt just referred to. Uh, he, he still hasn't spoken yet. And I think that he's going to be able to shed light on this in a way that, uh, you know, that Katina Powell uh, and her daughters and, uh, you know, even Rick Pitino can't shed a light on this. He was the one directly involved. He's the one that directly ties the university to uh, these prostitutes. So it, he's the guy here that I think can possibly save Rick Pitino. You know, if, if he falls on the sword, so to speak, for Patino and says, yeah, it was all me and Patino didn't know anything and confirms that. I think that he'll have a shot to stick around and uh, be at Louisville for the long haul. But I'm certainly less convinced that Patino uh, will be able to survive this. And uh, until we hear from Andre McGee, I think that those odds continue to decrease every day. Let me jump in here, GP, real quick. A few things on what Sam just said. One, um, a big factor in this is the fact that McGee is is currently, you know, involved in an NCAA institution at UMKC. So his career not for long, not for long. <laughs> but it's not like he's not no longer. Long. It's not like he's no longer. Uh, I mean, he can choose not to participate. Whatever, like that's still a which, which I predict he will. Right, but if he w- if this had been something where he had gotten out of the business entirely, like two years ago, then it puts the NCAA I think in an even tougher spot. That's not necessarily where they're at right now. Uh, two, and we we addressed this question um, uh, on the three pointer this week uh, on CBS Sports. Whether McGee falls on the sword or not, I do anticipate the NCAA to come down with punishments at Louisville here that rival, if not top, what's happened at SMU, because you can easily make the case that what's gone on here um, dwarfs, you know, the things that happened at SMU. And I don't even think McGee absolving Patino of this is going to save the coach in that regard. And I don't think the NCAA has any sort of out with that because they've established a new protocol, a new baseline, a new set of rules that will hold the coach even more accountable than than he ever has been, she or he has ever been before. And we know that harsher punishments are coming. So while McGee's testimony or interviews would uh, probably help the case in terms of the NCAA getting this done at a faster rate, I don't expect him to talk to him. And even if he does, I'm not sure ultimately if that can really save Patino and the program from serious punishments. Oh, I'd be I shocked if Andre McGee ever is... talks to the NCAA. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And I think the program is going to be screwed, basically, regardless. Uh, I think that the NCAA is going to come down on them pretty hard, I would say, probably, like you said, a little bit harder than they did on SMU. But if we're talking purely about Rick Pitino's job here, uh, I do think that as far as perception, it is going to matter uh, what he knew and what he didn't know, and we do need confirmation on that uh, if he is if he has any chance of keeping his job. Yeah, here's what I would say to all that. One, Andre McGee, I, I'll be shocked if he ever speaks to the NCAA because though he is still employed by an NCAA institution and therefore required to speak to the NCAA if he wants to maintain good status, um, he's never working in college basketball again, like period, end of story. And so he has no – the only incentive ever to speak to the NCAA is because you, you have to cooperate because you are employed by an NCAA member. But if you have, have come to terms with the fact that you're never working at an NCAA school again, what's the point of talking to the NCAA? At that point, you can only hurt uh, your alma mater and your head coach and on some level your mentor even more than you already have. And um, 
you know, so like he gains nothing from doing that, I, and therefore I, 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 I'll be shocked again if he ever talks to the NCAA. I, I'm not telling you what Rick Pitino has done, so please don't get this twisted. Um, here's what I would have done if I were Rick Pitino. I would have several several weeks ago um, had some. I wouldn't have it on my phone records, and I wouldn't even have it coming from me. But I would have had somebody I'm close with reach out who is who is also you know has a relationship with Andre and said when the time you know I'm going to throw you under the bus or or Rick's going to throw you under the bus Rick is going to publicly uh insist that you speak and at some point you will and when you do you are going to fall on the sword you are not only you're not going to say I don't know if coach Patino knew you're going to say there was absolutely no way he knew he would have killed me if he knew this was all done by me I don't know what I what I was doing. Uh, I don't know how I got caught up into it. Uh, Coach P had you know should should not be held accountable for my uh, sins, so on and so forth. Cry a little bit, and then maybe someday, you know, uh, Rick can help you down the line. But you better handle this. You've already screwed up, and now you better handle this as best you can. Like to me, that's the only way. There is no way out for Patino, but that's the best way to try to salvage something here. Um, and I suspect that's the way this is going to go, that Andre McGee at some point will speak and he will fall on the sword completely and, and insist uh, that Rick Pitino not only didn't know nothing about it, would have killed him if he did know something about it. And then if Louisville wants to keep Rick, you know, I, I guess they can. I mean, obviously they can no matter what, but, but he'll get hit with, um, with penalties the same way Larry Brown has and the same way Jim Beheim has. And uh, and that program is going to be hit with penalties, uh, barring you know, uh, barring something I can't imagine. So, um, uh, again, I, I, I get I get I get the point of view, and and there's multiple points of view out there now that doesn't matter what Rick Pitino knew. Um, he's essentially the CEO of a multi-million-dollar business, and if this happens on your watch and you're the CEO in the real world. Um, you you have to go. I, I totally get that. And like, I, if somebody says Rick Pitino has to be fired tomorrow, I'm not going to be the guy that says no. He does not. You folks are crazy. Like, I get it. Um, but but I do think there is a there there's a scenario where um, he rides this thing out and and ultimately retires um, with a little distance between today and the day that he actually holds that retirement press conference. If that makes some sense. It does. I want to bring up one last thing here and. I mean, this uh, for anyone that might be sick of the Louisville stuff. I'm sorry. This is just this is by far the biggest story in the sport, and there's no close second at the moment. Um, there's the also an element here that the NCAA no doubt is going to try to uncover, and that is uh, regarding Antonio Blakeney's recruitment. Um, and when that went down, McGee was not at Louisville, and I know some of this is detailed in the book where. Powell and McGee, you know, allegedly are in contact, and McGee is saying, hey, listen, you know, in essence, he's saying, hey, listen, you know, my old school needs to land this kid. He is an absolute stud, could be the future, you know, NBA player, all that stuff means so much. So let's go ahead and get him a show. McGee is not in Louisville. Uh, he's not He's not on the staff. He's not even in the city at the time when all this happened. So there could be a, a mystery figure here, and this is the really the – the basis of a lot of rightful cynicism when it comes to this case and how it couldn't be just McGee working as a rogue agent because someone else most likely uh, would have had to help facilitate things, not even just necessarily money-wise, because McGee, who could have 
you know, had wire transfers of money, and ESPN also got confirmation of at least one of those uh, wire transfers happening. Not right. even just that, but a person on the ground helped facilitating putting Blakeney in a spot, just as McGee had done this with previous recruits before, um, bringing them to either Minority Hall or off-campus uh, hotels before. So there is an element of, of someone with Louisville or attached to Louisville, not saying it could have sure. been a Louisville staff member. We don't know who, but it seems rather obvious that someone else connected to the program in some significant way was helping facilitate this after McGee left and determining who that was, when that happened, how many people could have been involved. It will probably be near the top of the NCAA's list of things to uncover because I think that's a, a major facet of the story that hasn't been really addressed to, uh, to a, a big degree to this point, but I think it's kind of just lingering out there and something that sure. might be the next thing that's the next huge thing that if it comes and if it breaks in the story, whether it's three weeks, three months from now, that's the other factor. Well, the, the, the thing there, and we've talked about this before, actually, because that was something that stood out in the book. Like the idea right. that Rick uh, keeps saying there's only one person who knows the truth, like I don't believe that that's true. I, I, there was somebody else connected to that Louisville program who was involved in dealing with Katina Powell because of the story you just explained. Like, you know, as she tells it, you know, uh, Andre McGee was already out of Louisville at UMKC, and he had called back and told her to meet some guy, and some guy gave her money. The problem with that story isn't that it's untrue. I believe it to be true, just like I believe basically everything else she said to be true. It's that she doesn't even know who that guy was. So the difference is she could tell you who Jack Von Lyle was and, uh, and Montrez Harrell was and Andre McGee was. She knows those people, but she can't tell you who that person is. So you, and, then, and then it's your job just as a reporter to go out and confirm those or as the NCAA go out and confirm those. The problem here is she doesn't know who that person was. She met somebody, got money from them. But she doesn't know who that person was. So if she doesn't even know who that person was, it's a little difficult to try to figure out, you know, from our perspective or the NCAA's perspective, who that person was. But absolutely, that story um, suggests that somebody, at least somebody else, uh, was involved. And so um, it is where it might make the uh, Andre McGee was a rogue staff member, you know, who isolated himself and did all these things, that story doesn't quite fly. That story might mostly be true, um, but as you, as you pointed out, there, there's another person who was connected to the Louisville program who had a dealing with Katina Powell. She just doesn't know who that person was. So let's get out of here with that. I promise next week – I don't promise, actually, um, but I, I, I assume next week we will get back to talking uh, college basketball. But um, right now everything is centered on the uh, scandal at uh, Louisville. So, um, so that was the focus of this. Uh, conversation for sure. Remember, you can subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast on iTunes. You should. It's the quickest way to get your hands on the latest episode. So make sure to do that. And uh, either way, like I said, we're going to talk to you again next week. Till then, take care.